scent gives birth to love and life. We foster passion to grow geniuses which lift humanity. And tailor technology to preserve liberty in balance with nature. Welcome, Welcome to Radical. Welcome to Radical, ladies and gents, boys and girls, people of all ages. Uh, you are welcome here at Radical. I'm your host, Shane Hazel. Today I am joined by two of my favorite people in the world, and this is the direction that we are headed with Radical. We are going to, I don't know, just dive in to the youth of this nation, of, of the world. I have my boys, Henry, Michael, and Jackson James with me today. What's hey. up, fellas? <laughs> so I brought them in. Uh, this will be the final show this week. Uh, four shows in a week. And I think I'm going to use Fridays as planning days as I'm figuring all this kind of stuff out as we're about to make some giant changes around here uh, and do this as the uh, the full-time gig. But the uh, the tales that we have for you guys today, we've done it. You're excited? Yeah. Yeah? Both of you guys excited? Yeah. Yeah. We've we've done a lot of behind the scenes uh, to try to help these guys understand a little bit more about like what makes good podcasts um, and what makes terrible podcasts. Just the simple basics, like can't be running around, you stomping your feet and hit, hitting the desk, and you got to speak clearly into the microphone. You can't be snorting and coughing and fidgeting and all this other stuff and it's breathing in the mic. Henry, pr- pr- pretty difficult for kids, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. In, in in this episode, what I wanted to bring to you guys is kind of the stuff that we are starting to do more of. Because you guys are young men that are coming of age, there used to be in cultures the idea that you would initiate guys into the, the hunting cl- class. And so... Um, I say hunting to, into being men, right? And and a lot of times in in this day and age, you know, they talk about this thing called toxic masculinity. You guys are homeschooled, so you I spare you guys. <laughs> you said it's stupid. Sounds no, you said sounds stupid. Yeah, toxic masculinity, right? Like this this problem with a world where there's too many males beating their chest and doing dumb stuff. Like, listen, I think I, that's gorillas. Yeah, well, I think. Yeah. I think what it comes from is there is a natural, um, you know, understanding that we should be at more peace with each other. But the way you get peace is to raise people who are capable of insane violence that have it under control. And that's what we've been doing, right? Like the entire time that you guys have been these little human beings that I've gotten to like take into this world and show some things you guys have been training things like jujitsu you guys have been around firearms you guys are extremely dangerous young men but you also have it under control yeah incredible isn't it you guys and this is just normal life for you guys right like it's normal life that you guys go to jujitsu. It's normal life that you guys are out here in on the mountain. You guys know what we do in terms of taking animals and and feeding our family and feeding other families and allowing you know people to come out here and do amazing things. Um, you know, fostering this. It is also a uh, you know a place for me, a temple for me to show you guys some 
other aspects as we grow into young men, as we grow you into the future warriors and leaders of this, you know, of this area, right? It's like, here's the thing is, you know, they, they talk about guys that are, you know, that, you know, are just about, you know, peace that are absolutely, they like, they haven't studied a martial art. They don't understand firearms. They don't understand violence. They don't understand any of that kind of stuff. And those guys, they could be nice guys. They could be, and they probably, most guys probably are, but most guys probably aren't capable of like going through and taking a life, which you guys already are. You guys have been capable of taking life for a, for a long time, right? Like you, you hold a blood choke too long on somebody and they're done. And yeah. you guys know this, and so you guys also understand restraint. Uh, yeah, especially you not to do it. You understand restraint. So, in terms of growing you guys into this new warrior class, there are things that we have to do to get back to the roots of being a warrior. We just happen to live in this amazing place up here in north. Yeah, the northwest Cherokee County, right? Like we have access to uh, like to a lot of wilderness, untouched Cherokee wilderness. And when you know the forest and you can see the forest and you know what a lot of these young, very brave guys did hundreds of years ago and you can sit in the same places as these guys and have experiences with your tribe, with your elders, with the guys that are, you know, my buddies, the guys I consider brothers and uncles and stuff like that to you guys, to bring this out and to show you guys where you came from, where humanity has come from. I think that's cool. You think it was cool, right? So Yeah, it was really cool. So two weekends uh, ago, this is what we're going to cover a little bit. We're going to talk about some other things too. But two weekends ago, I got to take you guys out into the forest and we did some mm-hmm. c- camping, but like super primitive camping. Yeah, like like you yeah. got to speak up, yeah, bro. No <laughs> so it wasn't, it wasn't you, you know, you were, you were very close to spending a night in the wilderness without any real comfort items. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty cold night. Yeah. It wasn't. It was, I mean, the fire was pretty good, though. Well, let's let's back, let's just wait. I mean, but it, I mean, it was I think in the in the either the high thirties, low forties when we were out there. So we set out. Um, my my guys wanted to to bring you guys out to the forest, and they were like, "It's time, you know, it's time to start initiating these guys." And I looked at them because we had spent the morning out there. Uh, we were you know hanging out, talking, hunting, doing uh, this thing called fellowship amongst hunters amongst you know uh amongst amongst shaman and spiritual leaders right like these guys that are no kidding connected to the to nature to the planet to to our history to the vital resources that we a lot of times yeah that that take uh that a lot of times we take for granted i think in our normal everyday life and when we decided, yep, this is happening today, it was you know, it was about noon. So I came back, emptied out most of my military packs, um, and began the process of loading you guys up with a pack and getting the right stuff 
for us to take out. And it didn't take very long, right? I mean, basically had to empty out some old stuff, some old packs. What kind of pack did you get, Henry? Do you remember what it was called? No. You got a day pack, right? Just a, a normal everyday rucksack. It's a, it was it's called a, basically like an Alice pack is what they used to call it. I had an ocean pack. Yeah, yeah, you had you had my swimmers, uh, swimmers rucksack. Swimmers rucksack. So I stuffed Henry's with with a sleeping bag and sleeping bag only, and then I gave in a blanket. Too. Yeah. yeah, and uh, I, I stuffed yours with uh, the you had the the the, the, the swimmers uh, rucksack, and so I put on the, the mountain ruck and loaded it up, and we had you know some basics, right? Like some some real basics. We took. Um, we took some apples. We took some tangerines. Yeah, we took the the, the catadine filter. Yeah. yeah, we'll we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Um, and then we when then we um, you know, we started doing our, our checks, make sure we had everything that we needed, proper footwear, proper attire, um, any type of you know thermal or insulation that we we're gonna need out there, and. We set off. What were you guys thinking at that point when we were packing, you know, some bare essentials? I was like, uh, I was like you were I nervous? Was, I, was I was excited. I was excited. So, some anticipation. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, you wanted to do it, but you were nervous about doing it. Yeah. That's anticipation, right? Yeah. So, some people would say, you know, there's some fear, but that's not really correct. And, and I think. I don't it isn't. Well, for you guys, it's not, right? And, and, and I want to I want to talk about this kind of stuff because you guys do things like step onto mats in jujitsu and look the other guy in the eye, slap your hands, bump knucks, and then say, "Let's figure it out. Let's figure out who's, you know, who's the more uh, badass little warrior, right?" Like, and I'm not saying that in like a right, like. But it's not even so much that it, it's a fight with somebody else. It's that internal struggle that you're you have. Training. Well, it's it's most it, of the time. It's the internal struggle that you're trying to get better, right? So when you face that first demon, right, like that first demon that says, "Well, you 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 face your own fear." That's your first demon. You, to step onto a mat with somebody else and say, "Let's roll. Let's figure it out," right? You put your humility. You put your character, you put this this thing on the line and say, yeah, you know what? Um, I got to conquer something inside of me first to even come out here and do this. Punch myself. <laughs> <laughs> like getting yourself ready, right? Like you know, sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll slap you guys around and all that kind of stuff. But it gets you to the point where you're ready to go and, and do a little competition, right? right? Most of the time, nobody's going to get hurt. It's just somebody's somebody's feelings going to get hurt. You're going to be wore out. You're going to be tired. But that's the first step. And you guys are very familiar with facing that that internal like question: Should I be doing this? Am I going to do this? Am I going to take the first step and conquer my internal anxiety, my internal fear? And that you know, for you guys to sit there, especially you, Henry. I mean, you're nine, and I'm like, yeah, we're going to go out and we're we're going to camp out here in the wilderness where there's deer and bear, and fox, and bobcats, and all that kind of stuff. I was just like, like, where me and Jackson were getting letters, and they said, we're going camping. I was like, okay, I'm coming. Just jumped at it. 
So we're we're packed up. We're gonna set off, and we're we're going into the wilderness. Like we're just it's out the front door, people. Like we just walk out, and wilderness is all around us. So we uh we and go like, for a, a bit of a hike, and yeah, and we get to about halfway up the road. Well, let's yeah, let's say a, let's just call it a ways, right? Yeah. We're not we don't have to go in. Then we then we get into the the real hike go, going in finding game trails right the, there's these naturally occurring game trails all around here yeah sometimes you find an artery like a main highway which i have right obviously we, we found that and there's this really cool what i'll what i'll call sacred tree not too far off of this highway Yeah, the so this sacred the sacred tree out here, if you know what you're looking for in North Georgia, you have a um, you have this history out here where young uh, Indians, whether they were Cherokee, uh, Etowah, what, whatever you know they were calling themselves, you know th- this area has been inhabited for over ten thousand years minimum, minimum. The four, the the base, the one that's shaped like a four. I think it's cool because like it points to like I think it points to another. Tree. It no, it points to where the sun rises. It also points to our. I think that's the to their home. It, it points east. It points to their home. It also points to fresh water. It points to a spring, and it's it's some of the last water that's consistent in terms of a spring on the mountain. So when you know, young hunters from whatever tribe, which I think there were probably multiple tribes that would come up here because there's two different watersheds um, from this mountain. And when they would come up here, they would use the the, the bottoms to walk. They'd, they'd walk the bottoms. They'd had water. They knew that those bottoms would eventually kind of narrow out and come to the mountain, which was a, a very sacred place, right? Like these these mountains up here, extremely sacred. So this this hunting land that these guys would come out to, no lights, no modern technology, no, like bear, fire sticks, clothes on their back, possibly moccasins on their feet. I mean, to travel probably from the Etowah Basin to where we are you're talking about you know probably a good 20 plus miles on foot through the wilderness with but i mean the this the thing is is like this time of year this is what these guys were chomping at the bit to do they were absolutely chomping at the bit and ready to leave because what are they like all summer what are they doing they're working their butts off they are working their butts off in the village on survival right like they're getting the crops they're getting everything that they need to grow done they're sowing they're they're getting ready for the harvest the harvest is fall right it's fall season yeah and so when when the uh, when the fall comes and these young guys and you know some of the older uh, hunters as well, you know when they got that reprieve 
to go off and to hunt together to test themselves and their their metal their 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 mentality and their fortitude against the world. yeah against the world that is literally trying to kill them every chance they get this is what i wanted to show you guys where you've come from where the human species has come from what we take it for granted what guy yeah what men and women endured to get us to this point to to think about it to think about 10,000 years ago guys coming out here and doing this with nothing zero zilch like absolutely to that point as close as i can get you guys and still being you know quote unquote responsible and not you know having people come be, up well you get at some point you know you get you know messed with by law enforcement for all of it so when we get out there the first thing we needed to do was get our get our spot set up and then do what get water yeah it's super important right how long can you go without uh water three days two, two, two to three days depending on who you are Yep. I could probably get to. So water is super important. The good thing out here in the mountains is water is fairly plentiful. And if you don't know how to find water, find a valley and then keep heading down the river, right? Yeah. yeah so, it's a to so our first spring, because it's been such a, a dry season down here, it was it was completely dry, right? We, we walked down. I was like, man, that spring right down there, we should be good, right? Yeah. And we got down there and what? It was good. It was, no, the first, the first. Oh, no, 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 not, not that one. The first, yeah, the first spring we went to, completely dry. Yeah. Nothing. So what did we do? We went down more. We kept walking, right? We kept following the valley down. Then there was a little extra tiny no. spring. No, tiny spring. All right. Yes, you did find a turtle shell. That is not the point of what we're talking about. But we found running water. Yeah. We found a spring. Super simple, right? For for guys that were living 10,000 years ago, they could you know go in there. They had the gut health to deal with that water. How did they do that? Well, you know, for a lot of what they did, they would, they would kill things through boiling. Right, like it, it sometimes primitive fire, sometimes they just drank it, depending on how primitive they were. Over the years, m- man has figured out, man and woman has figured out that you can't just go out drinking water, or you can get extremely sick and die. But I would be desperate. No. Would you be desperate? Well, I mean, and here's the thing: is you figure it out. You figure it out one way or another. You start to figure it out. If this stream provides life then they'll keep coming back. If this stream does, if it takes life, they'll say, hey, listen, don't go to that stream, right? Mm-hmm. Go go to this one over here, go to that one over there where the water's cleaner. Make sure you're not doing these things upstream from where you're trying to get water to survive. Think, things like that, you know, just little things. So over the years, they figure out, you know what? You can take this water, you can put it into um, something to heat it. 
to boil it. Yeah, whatever. Or right? just leave it in the sun if like it was a really good day. No? You got to boil it. Yeah. Minimum. No what. Yeah. So luckily for you guys, dad's got some experience in, in mountain areas and other areas and has this really cool contraption. What is it called? Caddis. Uh, Catadine pump. Yeah. Almost it's a cactus. What is it? It's a filter that will filter... Everything. Yeah, but like, what? how much did you say it would filter? Oh, thousands of gallons. Thousands. thousands. It's a hand pump filter. It's, made out, it's got a ceramic filter built into it. And you can clean it, and you can reuse it, and you can filter thousands of gallons of water. It's magic. It's amazing. Right? Yeah. We used to use these things in the Marine Corps. Trying to pack in, you know, water into places for reconnaissance. Man, way too heavy. Way too heavy. Water adds up, especially when you're going on a patrol for possibly a couple weeks. Right? You're going to just sleep in the dirt for a couple weeks. You can't and, just bring that much water with you. Yeah, man, that's a lot of water. You're going to have to replenish yourself at some point. Right? Yeah. Much easier to replenish a canteen or two than it is to go out there and carry... Two weeks worth of water. I think you had like five canteens on there. Yeah, you know, just enough to get through the night. Yeah. Right? For, uh, I don't know, what was there, the three of us, five of us out there? Mm-hmm. We just used one, though. Yeah. So we Plus did, that big bag. So we filtered the water, and then we climbed the mountain again. Mm-hmm. <gasps> and then what did we do? We stayed. Like, what, did we, what, did we, what did we do when we got we back? we drank water. Yeah, you drank a little bit of water. A little bit. Very valuable. All right. And then what did we do before it got dark? Built a fire and gathered. Wa- All right. Gathered wood. So let's let's talk about how this happens, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of work? Yeah. yeah. Got to clear an area? Yes. Yeah. You imagine trying to do that with moccasins on? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be tough, wouldn't it? I mean, with, with, you know, nicer hiking shoes and all that kind of stuff, the, the, the ease of which you can clear an area, even with your feet, so that you're not in... Hurting and well, pain. Well, not only that, but you're not in risk of burning down the forest where you're staying, possibly killing everybody around you. Yeah. Right? You got to be responsible with this kind of stuff. So what do we do? What's the first thing we do? Cleared, and then what? Put a little bit of fire, I mean, not fire, um, like leaves in the middle, so. No, I mean, we did, we built the fire pit, didn't we? Yeah. We, we, yeah. We, yeah. Yeah. First of all, we have to build a fire pit. Yeah? Yeah. We've so got, we got, like, giant rocks. We got some big rocks. So, like, the fire would spread and cause a forest fire. Those rocks got really, really hot at so, the end. So, that's another thing, right? Yeah. Is if it's cold out there, and you can build a, a fire to heat rocks, and you can sleep close to those rocks then that those are going to keep you warm, heat. right? You might not freeze to death if it's super cold. Like 40 degrees, which we did sleep in. Yeah, you had a sleeping bag. So let's, at some point, right, is, you know, how hardcore can you go? But we got a fire going. Did we build a giant fire? No. Why? Because it could cause a forest fire. Yeah. And we couldn't put it out because we only got like two, th- we got a bag of water. Right. And we got a canteen. That's it. Not yeah. even a full canteen. So when you're out in the wilderness and you're and you're being as minimal as possible, right? You're you're trying to conserve the resources around you to the point where 
you don't die, but you don't overuse the resources that are going to keep you alive, mm-hmm. right? So if you can if you can spare the resources to keep you alive longer, that's obviously a very valuable thing. Yeah. So if you can take a, a nice tiny little fire, make it super hot, keep it super low, and because a lot of times in the mountains, the wind kicks up hard, right? It kicks up really hard. And if it kicks up too hard and you've got a, a good size fire, it can spread really, really fast, especially when it's dry. Yeah. Because it was super dry up there. It was super dry up there. Like that one that Mr. David. Yeah. The one that was massive. Yeah, it was a massive fire, right? That was a controlled fire in a controlled place with lots of water and everything else, right? Responsible in terms of building fire. So if you do this and you keep that little thing going, you can still cook over it. You can still heat rocks. You can still keep yourself warm and survive a night that might be absolutely freezing out there. Yeah. That's cool. We also had some sunflower seeds too. Yeah. We'll get there. Okay. We'll get there. Then we found a cool fungus stick that had blue on it. Yeah, you found some, you find some things once you started collecting firewood. You found like a blue. Yeah. It was cool looking. Bunch it, of, it burnt cool too. Yeah, bunch of a uh, bunch of different funguses out there and lichen on trees and everything else. Pretty healthy environment, right? Really healthy environment. Lots of mycology and everything else going on. Mycology. But mycology is uh, like the the study of you know fungi it's uh Mm. there's god knows how many billions of different strains that are on trees and rocks and sticks and in the ground and everything else out there that helps that environment so we got our we got our spots cleared we uh we had some dinner which was really really nice right we had yeah yeah. yeah, we had some bear i mean how many kids are out on a mountain eating bear sleeping in the dirt one percent not right. a lot no. so we we hung around we shared stories uh we, we we talked you know uh especially me and the adults right like we we shared some stories with you guys and a lot of it was a lot of funny stuff wasn't it yeah S- some serious some funny some serious and funny you know lots of you guys making fart jokes you know, all that kind of stuff. But really what we're doing is recreating what's been done for eons in history. Is we're passing down information to you guys. We're, we were passing down information about how to go out into the wilderness and survive. It is such a... It, people are so divorced from it. Why? Because... They take it for granted, and it's hard. Yeah, it's not simple. It's not comfortable. It's not. It's not any of those things. The sleeping bags like are pretty those, comfy. And like you know, it like helps your back. It's hard, isn't it? Yeah, but it helps your back. Well, we'll 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 get to that too. <laughs> but you know, in terms of going out there and doing very subsistence living, there's a lot of work that goes into building a small camp for a few guys that can go out and do some hunting that can that can maintain themselves and you guys got just a little taste of that we're passing on all sorts of information the initiation process so that 
as you guys grow up, you get more and more comfortable with it. You get, you get more and more skilled with it. And at some point, we'll do it with our kids. You'll do it with your kids and maybe other people's kids. And you'll show them exactly what it is to be able to go out and do this and pass on tradition that may have come from cultures that might not have even been yours. <gasps> oh my God. Some people would call this thing cultural appropriation. Those people are idiots. What's this cul culture of appropriation, right? So if, if the Native American Indians that were here, that were doing all of this kind of stuff, were doing this, and now white guys are going out into that forest and doing the same thing that the Native Americans did, teaching their kids, is it they call this thing cultural appropriations, and somehow it's a faux pas. It's not. It is. Um, it's not accepted in some circles, right? Like you shouldn't be doing that. Like if we were listening to reggae music from Jamaica or producing reggae music from Jamaica, somebody would say, "Oh, that's a cultural appropriation. That's theirs. You shouldn't be doing that. You shouldn't be, you know, I don't know, possibly even making money off of it." No, no, no. Are you kidding me? So for us to go out there and do this and bring back culture and then to possibly even in the future invite out some Native Americans that have maybe lost some of this culture to re-engage them, to show them, to show others the beauty and the lessons of what it is to go out there and possibly even just spend a few hours spend to possibly spend a night where their ancestors struggled and and had great triumphs and came to age and hunted deer and bear and hung out and became young men oh my gosh what a cool thing to be able to pass on to people yeah some forgotten heritage some forgotten history yes to be able to carry that on, to show people something much bigger than to get grounded again, right? Yeah. To get grounded, to be in the dirt, to give thanks. Like when we were breathing that fire to life, right? To teach you guys how to build fire that will save your life. That was super cool. Yeah. But when I tried to do it, when I tried like making the fire, like warm the fire to get up, like uh, get the I don't know. You're breathing. You're giving that fire life. You're giving it oxygen. Trying to. Yeah. Right. Trying to, but it just not doing nothing. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't work right. Yeah. There's techniques, but what what did I talk about? Right. What did I talk about? You get a little bit of an, an ember in there. Yeah. You get a little bit, and then what do you have to do? Then you gotta, then you gotta just keep feeding the fire. Just lean a little down, bit. and you gotta give her a kiss. You remember that? Yeah. You gotta blow her a kiss. You gotta sit there and say, "Oh, baby, you're gonna save my life. You are gonna keep me warm tonight. Oh, I love you. Let me blow you a kiss." And you breathe. You breathe life into that fire. You love it because it's gonna love you back. Like those lessons. Well, if you do it responsibly, right? You do it responsibly. But to to see you guys do that for, for for you know, Mr. Castro to take pictures 
of us doing this to capture those moments. We'll post all this up there for you guys to see too. Yeah. But to see you guys do all of this and then to have a herd of deer come through partway through the night. Apples. <laughs> they were getting the apples, I think. Yeah. Like they were attracted to it. We ate some really nice cold apples from North Georgia here and then we threw them out onto the game trail not too far away from you know yeah. where we were sleeping at the sacred tree and uh these deer came marching through i don't know probably about what 11 o'clock at night probably yeah no it was 11 doesn't matter it was cool to see them yeah it was cool to be there with them and like they were just whatever very who are you that's kind of nice you got some warmth over there <laughs> pretty cool huh your apples too and then a couple of the guys in the camp snore, so we didn't have to worry about bear. We didn't have to worry about those guys coming through. Built-in defense. Yeah, we uh, we had our we were sleeping on an incline, so we put some um, logs at our feet, braced between some other trees, so that we wouldn't slide down the mountain. We had to keep readjusting. I definitely slid down the mountain somehow. Yeah, you're sliding down the mountain. That's what happens when you sleep on the slant. It's kind of pain in the butt, but you can do some smart things like put, put a log down a tree. and still get some 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 good quality sleep. Well, as good quality sleep as you can get laying in the dirt. Yeah, I slept pretty good. I woke up a few times, but yeah, was not bad. I, I didn't sleep till like was probably one o'clock. Yeah, I think you're. Right. And you'll keep waking up. It's not that comfortable, but I didn't wake up when I. Finally, right? Yeah, I even drifted off. I thought, boy, I thought that mountain was going to kick my butt that night. I thought I was going to be up all night long. You know what that mountain did? People, that mountain worked out some good knots. You know, that mountain's a lot harder than, you know, the knots in my butt and my back and (laughs) legs and all that kind of stuff. And to be on it all night long, man, I'll tell you, it was uh, was something pretty magical. This yeah miraculous right in in a way to go out there and to hurt as much as i did being around that fire (laughs) and then the next morning to wake up and feel super good really good what on earth i'm saying is is sometimes we got to go back out we got to get in the dirt we got to get connected we got to remember where we came from so that we can be grateful for everything that we got now. I mean, geez, oh, Pete, go from out there to in here. The technology. That's crazy. The advancements. The fact that we are talking into these things. That we can communicate with people around the world. And trust me, there are people around the world that listen to this show. I see it. It's amazing. To bring this experience, this technology, this, you know, everything that we have now while being grounded. What a message. And we're just getting started. It's absolutely insane to me. Next up, Mount Everest. <laughs> no, no, I don't. <laughs> I don't see any need to go out to Mount Everest. I don't know what you're hunting out there besides, I don't know, some victory. No, there's not that high, man. They, they, there's, I don't think there's anything up there. I think there. you're hunting death. Uh, yeah, you're depriving death of your possibly your fate. You're you're saying go ahead and uh, possibly take my life, nature. Yeah, I'm not into that kind of stuff. But me neither. I'll tell you, you know what uh, what struck me, and I think we'll kind of finish up 
this episode on um, on this a little bit is when we did finally come home, and you you were thankful. Why were you thankful? Because it teaches you how. Because it teaches you how thankful you should be to have stuff. Because some people aren't thankful. Most people don't have any idea when they flip a light switch, when they walk on carpet, AC, when, when you have AC, when you have a bed. Like, uh, can you imagine being out in the almost hundred degree heat in Georgia? That's like, crazy. Some people are like, oh, my internet sucks. <laughs> yeah, but the like, other thing is, is a lot of those people that were out there a long time before us, not only did they endure. They were thankful. Yeah. They were surviving. For the little stuff they had. Yeah. And some of those people were thriving. At the at the top of their technology, right? Like, they they, they had some tech. It was low tech, but they, they had some tech. Yeah. They had some... They they, what they had was a lot of technique, just like in jiu-jitsu. Mm-hmm. I keep coming back to this. Technique. Jiu-jitsu. Technique, 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 technique. If you know how to do things and how to do things well... Even in low-tech situations, you are very, very valuable. You are very skilled. You can help everybody in your family, in your tribe, in your community, right? You are now an asset. And because you have this experience where other people may not be as experienced as a 9-year-old and an 11-year-old now, you have a basis that most people don't have. And to be able to come back in and tuck you in, especially Henry, <laughs> I remember this, man. I remember it. I looked at you when you got into your bed and you're like, oh my. It's so comfy. <laughs> I'm so thankful. This shows me how thankful I should be. That's what exactly what I said. Yeah, you did. And you were just, I could see it on your face. Like, there was some part of you that was like, well, thank God I don't have to sleep in the dirt again tonight. It wasn't even that bad, though. It wasn't. It wasn't that bad. So there's a calling. But. You do it again. Uh-huh. And over and over and over again because it is something me, special. Me and Henry went down there the uh, like a few days ago. Actually, yeah. Probably a week ago. So when we start getting older and stronger and we have more endurance to do this type of thing where you will stay out days at a time and you will hunt and you will only eat what you hunt those days are coming yeah those trials are coming this path this initiation into manhood this is all coming and it is going to be fun it's going to be challenging it's going to be hard and it's it's all going to be worth it yeah so with all this being said, ladies and gents, if you're out there, consider going out and taking your kids, maybe even taking your parents, I don't know. Take them out into nature. Reconnect. Sit down without the noise. Get plugged back in to something primal, into something native, into something that is calling for you. If your life is out of balance, if you're thoughts are out of balance if you're yeah if you're frustrated with the world which there's plenty to be frustrated with 
What an easy way to go out, be still, meditate, take your time, love on people, teach techniques, learn techniques, endure a little bit, get hard a little bit, be, suffer just a little bit. The reward that comes with it. Oh, it's so worth it. Yeah. It is it is it's timeless. It is priceless. It shows you how thankful you should be. It is an experience that you have with yourself and if you're lucky enough with others. And then when you come back, it changes you. You get to be grateful. And when that gratefulness wears off, you get your ass back out there and do it again. Over and over and over to the point when you lay down in your bed every night, you are saying, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you a million times. Thank you for everything. Thank you guys for doing this with me. You're welcome. welcome. Thanks for being awesome kids. Literally, you guys went out there and you did this with smiles on your face. No complaints, no, no nothing. This... You know, sleeping in the dirt, having you know the time of your lives, doing something hard. You guys walked through this. It was like the the gods of the outdoors rolled out the red carpet and they said, <laughs> "Welcome, and it's not hard. young princes, uh. to the outdoors. This is your initial initiation. You are. I mean, you guys have obviously been out and you've camped and you've done things and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, this, that's that's just not. This is a new we had level. air we had air yeah. mattresses. There. This is a different level." And I think, you know, the gods, God, whoever, whatever, nature rolled out this red carpet to you guys and you guys went out there and absolutely crushed it in terms of an experience. It was only a few, like, it it was the right temperature and... It was beautiful. Yeah. No mosquitoes. No mosquitoes. I don't think I would do... What What was your favorite part real quick? What was your favorite part, real quick? No mosquitoes and the fire. And the fire. Eating bear. All right, ladies and gents. I'm telling you, we're doing new, amazing, fun stuff, and we are going to grow a civilization with a new communications protocol. This idea is going to be pervasive in everything that I do, that we do, and it's going to infect everybody. So, until next time, I hope you have a great weekend. I hope it's with people you love, and I hope it's doing something where you have gratitude. Thanks, Henry. Until then, I love you, I need you. Peace. Oh, don't hurt.